All right, so I think we're finally on. So, how is everything over there, Vegas? Everything in Vegas is uh, close to coming to a halt, you know. Things yeah. were good towards the end of the summer. You know, people were getting back to work, and, you know, it, casinos were trying to open, and it seemed like maybe we're getting a handle on the virus, but as you know, those numbers were deceiving. Things are now getting worse pretty much across the board, and uh, it's negatively impacting this area, especially. Were people celebrating on the street when uh, they called it for Biden? Yeah, in certain areas, absolutely. Uh, we also had the religious people standing outside the Clark County election offices, like praying and bowing and asking I, for divine intervention. I've seen a photo of that on Reddit. Is is that where it came from? Yeah, yeah that's from here. Oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. Uh, New York went apeshit when it was finally called. I was uh, walking around my neighborhood, and then out of nowhere, people started clapping and uh, honking up. I had no idea what was going on until it dawned on me. Fuck, this the shit show may be finally over. I'm just yeah, uh, I'm excited. Okay, so so here so the purpose of this podcast is uh, what are your hot takes? Because I have a lot of hot takes. Uh, let's see. One of the main ones I have is voter fraud aside, right leaning libertarians in all of the battleground states could have decided the election. Oh, wait, so, wait, wait. Sorry, sorry. Before, before, sorry to cut you off. So for whoever decides to listen to this, let's let's talk about our, our ideologies first so that there's a little bit of context. So I am a – I don't particularly align with any um, party. Um, I'm moderate. There's, you know, um, stuff from both sides of the aisle that I support and disagree with. So uh, I'm a toss-up. I'll, I'll vote either or every single election. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah for myself uh i don't really know if i have a particular label as i try and find maybe like an organization to start to work with uh to push progressive values uh but i do like the word progressive Um, okay i do if i was in europe i might be considered a social democrat but Mm. for all intents purposes in america i'm considered like a radical so like a like a libertarian socialist Okay. Yeah, I actually want to touch up on that because I had a conversation with a friend regarding that. We know let's let's talk let's talk about it now since we're on the subject. Um so I feel like there is a definitely a layer of disconnect among the older generations and the newer generations regarding communism, right? So the old way of thinking about communism is Soviet Russia, um Chairman Mao, Karl Marx type of communism socialism. However, I feel like my generation and younger, so I guess millennials and younger, when we think of socialism or communism, we see the Nordic states, we see Germany. So um, what I'm trying to say is it's it's similar in theory that, you know, we're sharing, but it's wildly different in application. Like, do you see it that way? Yeah, and that's, I think that's where the major disconnect is, is people looking at you know, the labels and just deriving fear from that, you know, yeah. people really wanted to break it down. Karl Marx was probably more pro gun than Donald Trump has been in office. And mm-hmm. that's not something people might want to talk about, but he talked about the need 
for the proletariat or the working class to always hold on to arms and that must be frustrated if necessary, you know, fighting against the government. Um, when it comes to social policies, I think people just really fear losing their individuality, you know, them, that individual self, the ability to express yourself through your clothing, through your artwork, through, you know, your house of worship or how you pray or how you, you know, put food on your table. And I don't know, I think like the successes of countries like China, which I know it's like a super enemy, but I think if you, if more people saw the successes and that the individuals do have, you know, certain things that are good, um, you know, like free education, healthcare coverage, things mm-hmm. like that, that, you know, there has to be a common ground, which I think is something like the Nordic countries where, you know, there's a high individual liberty, but people rec- pragmatically understand that government is going to be the best way to efficiently, you know, distribute resources to, yeah. you know. Well, people are awfully selective when it comes to, I guess, I don't, I don't think selective is the right word, but they're not aware of socialism in the sense that in America, free education from what grade school to high school is a form of socialism, right? So why is there an arbitrary cutoff there? So why can't we extend it fully through college? Yeah. Right? So I, n- I never understood that. Do do people not aware that's not that that is a socialist um, idea? Somewhat free education. I think that the voting population, for the most part, doesn't recognize that. You know, because most of the time, like for example, uh, conservatives or Republicans mm-hmm. generally vote against kind of these types of progressive ideas they end up liking these ideas once they're implemented in the areas they live. You know, everyone was against Obamacare and I have a lot of problems with it myself, the Affordable okay. Care. But once people got it, they were like, oh, this is actually good. Like people around me have coverage they didn't have before. And I have coverage I didn't have before, you know, and that's something that I think actually made sense to people. And I don't know, because these ideas, you know, the media has just, uh, so greatly influenced how people think, you know, mm-hmm. the power in it that it's just been, it's all about messaging. It's finding the right messaging and helping people understand the goods in certain things and also being receptive to understanding why people might be hesitant. You know, that's always been my thing is actually accepting the hesitation um, mm-hmm. because a lot of times you'll find liberals going, oh, well, you know, something like that would never happen in my country. You know, if we gave people, you know, additional power um, yeah. in office, that they would just do good, like they thought with Obama. And it's like, okay, but now you guys were panicking for the past four years. Do you think now that Biden's in that suddenly it's just going to be blue for the next 20 years? Like, he won by the slimmest of margins, while I... drug legalization and Medicare for all or public options in states one even in conservative states so i i think the biden win is a very hollow win to me doesn't really move the needle that much because um from what i i think what trump did was he's definitely more than a person at this point he has awakened something in america that's been dormant or i guess too uh, reluctant to come out right i truly believe that if 
one possible option for Trump after this election will be he can start his own party. And then, you know what I'm saying? Oh, no, I think he could. Uh, he originally wanted to be a part of the Reform Party yeah. in the so, 90s. So I could see him saying, all right, to hell with the Republicans. You guys didn't back me yeah. during the coup, you know, the, the Democratic coup. <laughs> but Silver Linings Playbook from that, uh, I, I kind of see that as a good thing because one major problem that I've noticed in the American political system is the whole two-party system. I, I believe um, two parties do not adequately represent the voice of the majority of the people. I don't like being forced to choose one side or the other when I'm clearly somewhere in the middle, right? So by Trump starting his own party, it kind of opens the door for legitimate competition from third parties. Because prior to these elections, I, I identified as a libertarian until they got a little silly. <laughs> yes. They got a little bit silly over there, but... That would be pretty—what do you think about that? What do you think about that? Do you think that would be a, a good thing for the country? Absolutely. Um, I think that would be excellent just because it would kind of continue the fracturing of the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. And that could be a necessary tool in providing a lane for the kind of left side of things to potentially fracture the Democratic Party and well, create— progressive you know uh option as well because i'll tell you i'm for example biden uh, i voted for him you know the Mm -hmm. march was very you know i I was watching all the polls and it got really tight here in nevada and i felt clearly that it was necessary to you know throw my voice in there as well okay i am not a fan of biden i don't think that the majority of his policies are going nearly far enough to create the society that we desperately need. Uh, He can be pushed, but I definitely think that, hey, if Trump can create a reform party and fracture the Republicans, um, and perhaps we can do that with the Democratic side. And if that, I think that would be a better nation because there's more voices. Even if Democrats and Republicans still win, if they don't win by the same margins that they currently get to um that'd be a great thing because we'd have to have joe jorgensen and howie hawkins at the debate you know and americans think they are in england they got you know what's his name king bucket or buckethead or whatever he goes for the british election every year and i think i've I've heard of that uh he was spoken about john one of john oliver's segment yeah 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 see we need shit like that or Elmo. I know Elmo got a number of votes uh, for prime minister as well. Yeah. Huh. But yeah, definitely the Democratic Party is fractured for sure. You can see you can see the clear division, right? You have the old style Democrats such as Schumer and Pelosi, and then you got the the Bernie folk. And I feel like I don't know why Bernie puts up with this shit because I feel like they're fucking him. They're fucking him over almost practically every election. How old is he? Can he can he still run the next election? Yeah, he won't, though. He would be, I think he'd be 80 the next election. How old is Biden now? Biden, no, actually, I think he would be 81. Biden would be 80. By the next election. Yeah, but Biden, he already said that he's not going to run again. It'd be Kamala. Um, Well, even if Biden was younger, I don't feel like he would make a two-term president. He's just very uninspiring. I feel like for him... He's a disaster. 
<laughs> I feel like for him, his presidency will be considered a success if he just he's able to somewhat unify the country. He doesn't have to pass any major policy. He doesn't have to do anything crazy. Just don't fuck things up worse than they are, and that's considered a success. And if that's the the bar set for you, that doesn't really speak much volume to your capabilities as a president. Oh, not at all. I mean, if it wasn't for the coronavirus, uh, I think Trump might have won in a landslide, to be honest. Uh, Absolutely. I completely agree. That's And if he just showed the bare minimum incompetence, you know, in handling the virus or, you know, if he just didn't say stupid shit, he would have won. Yeah. Uh, just had to hide in a bunker and have Barack Obama intervene on Super Tuesday to take out Bernie. You know, it, Biden just kind of lucked into this in a sense, but we know luck that is also a product of what the democratic machine is. Um, I don't think someone like Bernie will take shit going forward because of the power now that everyone kind of recognizes he has. But, you know, if you look at like MSNBC and CNN, they're all blaming, oh, we would have won uh, more House seats and the Senate races would have been easier if we didn't have the, the socialists, you know, going out trying to drum up support. And it's like, dude, if, you know, Rashida Tlaib in Michigan and Ilan Omar in Minnesota didn't go out for voter registration and get people out and motivated, who knows if Michigan and Minnesota, well, Minnesota probably would have stayed blue, but Michigan was a, you know, razor thin and, you know, they, they don't want to respect the ideas that they're putting forward, you know, the, and the biggest one, of course, is healthcare. you know, full coverage for every American you know, free at the point of uh, access. Healthcare is going to get really weird in the future, man. That's one thing I'm really worried about. Um, something that always bothered me about life here in America is that you can do everything perfectly. You can do everything right. You can go to school, pay your taxes, get a good job, get educated, start a family, save your money, be, you know, fiscally responsible. And then you're one shitty diagnosis away from financial ruin for yourself and everyone around you. And I never understood why people can't really can't see that. That alone should be the reason why universal healthcare should be passed. Because of moments like that, you know, working in healthcare, I've I've had I've seen I've spoken to patients where that happened to them, and it's devastating, absolutely devastating. Uh, yeah, and that's a. I think that's one of the great tragedies of the United States is that in the 20th century, they didn't pass any type of universal coverage for all Americans. Well, and then what? the 21st century and we're 20 years in without something, you know, there Biden's talking about adding a public option. Hopefully we can push him on that. Cause you know, I feel like something like that would be doomed to fail with, you know, a couple of executive orders by the Republican president that will inevitably have. You think you think a Republican's gonna uh gonna be elected next? Well, actually, maybe it's possible. It depends on how Biden holds up. Do you think Trump has a he shot to run again? Twenty twenty four. Trump is done, dude. You that think guy. So? His campaign, like, I think that it is going down in flames right now. And I think him as a person, I think he will get his comeuppance. Uh, now I don't know if that's gonna happen legally, but I do think that the adulation that he got to experience as president and to actually feel like I am the most important person 
think mm-hmm. that's going to be taken away from him, and he's never going to get that back. And we're going to watch his, you know, brain melt on the Trump News Network or, you know, yeah. OAN Trump Trump Now. Trump Now. Ah, uh, what what made what what? Why do you think he was able to garner so much support from all these people? Because again, if you're looking, if you look at everything, the totality of what he's done, all the fuck ups all the mishaps, everything wrong that he's done, he's still only barely lost. Like you said, if yeah. it wasn't for Corona, he would have won by a landslide. I don't, I, don't, I don't get the appeal. I understand, like, you know, people are, are drawn to strongmen, you know, leaders, but our country wasn't in a state of weakness at that point where it needed that type of person to kind of bring the morale up, a la Hitler or Duterte for a really bad example. Uh, well, I mean, I, I don't necessarily know if he's on their level, but if he didn't have the fake hair and the spray tans, like he would look like Mussolini. You know, I will say that. Okay. <laughs> People All forget right. if he had a bald, fat head, that man looks like Mussolini. You know, he's from okay. descent. Um, what? It's a hard one because I want to say that. For the most part, it was merely people making that choice of he just got a six three in the Supreme Court, you know. He if you're do if you were doing well, you know, when he made that tax cut, you're doing even better now, you know. That's that's a really big part. So you have the kind of the spending class, uh, they feel great about him because mm-hmm. they their money is expanding. Uh, the evangelical vote is happy because in a lot of ways he's, you know, he's just, it's all platitudes. He didn't really do anything. You know, abortion is still legal in all 50 states, even if some restrictions are there. I know he like decreased funding from Planned Parenthood, like by $30 million or something, which I think like a GoFundMe got, (laughs) you know, made that money back in a week or something like that. Um, But really it's, he won the last time, because people were are sick of politics as usual, and I, I understand that. Pump. And he t- he told it like it is. He he honestly, even though he said all the horrible things, he also I, I anyone that says that he didn't say some true things in an inter- in the way he said it wasn't interesting to them, I think they're full of crap. Because you can't look at like a family like the Bidens and think they've done everything right on their path as a family oh, absolutely not for the presidency like it's just a falsehood but again he's a crook he's the he's one of the biggest crooks in the country's ever seen so why would i vote for trump you know it makes no sense and that's from, what we see in the book from okay so i have a theory on this right let me look uh tell me what you think about it so I'm looking at I'm looking at the electoral map, right? I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at the map broken down into counties. What what I'm starting to notice is that a, a lot of this isn't really it's not a class of poli- uh, political ideologies. On a surface level, sure it is, but then I feel like if you look like look a little bit deeper, it, it's a battle between urban and rural environments, mm-hmm. right? Because if you look at New York, right? New York is has always been a democratic state for the like, last. 20, 30 years. But if you look at the map in terms of counties, most of it is Republican, except for what New York, Syracuse, and Buffalo. Yeah, and I mean, New York City has had Republican mayors 
how many yeah. times, you know? Yeah, so I feel like a lot of people, that a lot of the division here isn't necessarily off of ideals and values. It's more, I think there's an underlying existential threat. A lot of these rural folk feel like if a democratic president is, is elected, it would effectively change their way of life. And then, you know, growing up in the city, maybe you would know because you ended up moving to, I guess, a more rural environment than New York City. Like there is a clear culture difference among the two. And I feel like that's what's causing – that's the greatest cause of division among the two sides. Right? Yeah, the culture war, uh, that's as strong as ever, absolutely. Um, and that's unfortunate, but until we find – you know, leaders who are willing to find common ground on the bread and butter, you know, dinner table issues. Like everyone always talks about the dinner table issues, but the things people are talking about are healthcare and jobs and is the virus going to kill me? You know, um, yeah. Biden's got one of those. He's talking about the virus and jobs are just, if we get a handle on it, which, you know, I hope so. Um, seems like we're doing uh, who knows? <laughs> but let's just say we get a handle on it. Um, that'd be two out of three. But ultimately, people, I don't know, they're vying for more. And both sides aren't giving good options. You know, I, I don't think anyone's happy with their options because I know a lot of people who voted Trump in 2016 who mm-hmm. were very dissatisfied. Like they knew that they were kind of making a, a gamble with this, you know, this lout, this narcissistic, you know, mm-hmm. asshole. Uh, but instead, they realized at this point, it's like he's not doing the things that we need done. He's just, he's just another Republican, you know. He's just another Republican who doesn't have manners. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and people want, like, that's one of the things I notice, like, with Biden, that everyone's like, well, at least he has manners, you know. Or John McCain, at least he gave a nice concession speech to Obama. Um, and there's a lot to be said for that. Uh, but really, at the end of the day, I think until people in the rural areas get the health care and the education they need and inner cities in certain areas as well, uh, I think that divide's just going to keep growing. You know, do you think that'll be remedied at all? Uh, I don't know. I really don't know. Because, again, the, the, the lifestyles are two completely different things. Like, regarding this, for example, let's take this... Uh, called gun debate right i understand why they need guns because you know one it's part of their heritage they grew up shooting guns and for the most part you know i feel like a lot of these red states most of the most of the gun owners are extremely responsible with their guns i feel like you know um that's what i've seen for the most for the most yeah. part so here's what i'm trying i try to explain this to my city friends too on why they're holding to their guns dearly because again um they're from what smaller small towns farm area where the police force might be like three people and one of them's 80 and the other one's a nephew and you have three people covering what 40 miles whatever the jurisdiction right so whenever something happens to them it's up to them to defend themselves it's unlike here in the city where there's a precinct every six blocks Right. So if you take away their guns, you're literally taking away their their means to defend themselves from whatever there is out there versus here in the city. You don't need guns 
because you have a police force whose response time is what five to ten minutes versus theirs it could take hours and even sounds like a long time to me to be honest like growing up i thought that was oh that sounds pretty reasonable but now that i've like lived in a rural area it's like you know i've gone city rural city again yeah and i'm like Man, you know, there's something too like taking away a man's right to a self-defense, you know? Exactly. And again, that that just speaks on the, the difference in lifestyles that's kind of shaping our philosophies and things. So, you know, I'm a lot looser with my whole gun view. Like, I believe that everyone should be able to carry a pistol. I draw the line on semi-automatics, weapons of war, because there's no fun hunting with that. That's just cheating at that point. Yeah, that's true. I mean, people don't even hunt with those anyway. It it's purely for the fun of like shooting targets or yeah. you know, just modding it. You know, like the way people do with cars. Like there's a lot of people that just like the gun as a hobby that's accessible to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, you know, as you can see with the gun sale spikes with everything that's been going on every year now. Um yeah. every time you're shooting, you know, a million guns are sold. You know, there's a riot, another million guns are sold, like, yeah, people on all sides recognize that, you know, ultimately, at the end of the day, you may be responsible for your own self. And that's just that, you know, uh, I think people of all sides recognize that, you know, you're going to have, you know, you're going to have the, uh, the idiots that you get, like in Chicago, uh, you know, that are just a part of gangs just causing violence for sure really ridiculous reasons or here in Vegas at Circus Circus last night, uh, which is more of like a kitty kind of casino. It's got I've like been a to big Circus Circus. Cave. It's awesome. Yeah. Roller coaster. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, there's a big shooting there last night. Just a bunch of people got in a fist fight and then three people got shot, which that's Vegas, baby. I see. Uh, but then you have Kyle Rittenhouse, you know? Or you have the guy in Portland who was walking around with a pistol and a baton, like looking to fight people who ended up getting shot by an Antifa member. Uh, this this country is crazy, and I don't think we're going to become like uh, a European polite society anytime soon. You know, absolutely not, because politics here has resulted in tribalism. Right? People yeah. treat it like as it's a team sport. No. I I, be, I don't believe in party loyalty whatsoever, right? Yes. It's 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 the job of the of politicians, their public servants, to win my vote. They're, they should be constantly being audited 24/7. What have you done for me lately? Just because I voted for you the last five elections doesn't mean I should vote for you now. No. Right? I don't know. I don't know why people like st- st- stick with party loyalties. I, I get. I guess maybe it's part of their culture, their heritage, shit like that. But that's the way I see it. Like, what have you done for me lately? I don't give a shit if, you know, you gave me a tax break last year. What are you going to do for me tomorrow? Yeah, and that's, uh, I think that's just kind of the older generation's way of looking at politics. Because I know for sure our generation and younger, they're definitely not loyal to parties in the same way. You're going to get people who are, but for the most part, people are kind of like, I had, there's just so many options out there in the world for everything else that I do. Why would I only like, you're only going to offer me Coke or Pepsi when I know that there's Coke zero and Coke cherry and all these other Cokes in this other country, you know, and you know, right. in Japan, 
uh, tangerine Coca-Cola, like, why do I continue to just have these two options? Whereas huh. older generations, they're like, all we've ever had is this. And these two parties have done monumental things in their lives. You know, yeah. like they, people still have pictures of Reagan and, you know, FDR and all the, and Kennedy, like on their walls, you know? And that's something you don't see. I don't think you're going to see our generation having pictures of like Obama, like when you first walk into the door. Maybe I'm wrong, but no, they, they do. People really like Obama. He was smooth. Uh, he was smooth, wasn't he? He was smooth, man. He walks like a ballroom dancer. Like he's great. His yeah. policies were dog shit, but um, yeah, he was. Uh, he was not a deft. Uh, and a yeah, he wasn't a deft pop politician. You know, he was. Great at giving speeches, and it seemed like he wanted. He, it genuinely seemed like he wanted to do the right thing by Republicans and Democrats, like yeah. peaceful. And honestly, like I was just, especially after the Bush years, I was like, "The fuck would you do that for? Like you yeah. have both houses, and you're not going to do anything." See, that's that's um, what I realized that I fe- being a president, I would never want to be president ever, because I feel like it's it's. E- probably the hardest job in the world you have so many decisions to make that will affect millions of people on a regular basis and honestly not all your decisions are going to be correct and you're going to have to make some really tough ones in the end right but i believe character matters and that's what oh man i don't like saying who i voted for but that's what kind of disqualified trump for me mm-hmm. it's like yeah you're going to make some hard decisions it comes with a territory but don't be malicious about it at least do it from a good place of your heart, right? Yeah. So while Obama did some shitty things, I felt like he was a good man making the best out of the situation. Maybe that's just me projecting. Yeah, what he intended to do mattered. Like, yeah. even though his intentions led to, like, for example, they, uh, the U.S. backed the, the Obama administration, mm-hmm. backed the Saudis in their war in Yemen. Yeah. And we provided arms deals for that war and all they've been doing is committing a genocide against the Yemenis and their intentions were to support an ally in hopes that you know maybe Yemen could be another strategic part of what we're doing but instead it's just uh is religious bigotry uh on steroids and um the intentions were there but and that's where you hope is ultimately there's going to be those wrong decisions when you're a president, right? Because we shouldn't have one person being that ultimate decider, but that's the society we have. And you want someone to have a heart that's in there who has empathy. You know, we knew Obama had empathy. I, I know Biden has it despite my uh, concerns with what a Biden administration would be. Uh, but Trump, he has no empathy. You know, he if I if I lived in Michigan and I voted for him in 2016 and I heard that he was OK with my governor potentially being abducted and uh, killed, like, yeah, that, that's outrageous, you know, and that's just one of a million things that this guy is. He just inspires no trust. And I'm sure that if he did the bare minimum, he could have potentially maybe not garnered your or my vote, but he might have got us to not vote for Biden, you know. If he just did the bare minimum, that's possible. Uh, I, yeah, I'm just saying as a possibility. Now, yeah, yeah. the way things are, to, to hell with the guy. But 
the lack of empathy is just outrageous. Oh, speaking of outrageous, right? Um, I know I'm really late to the party, but I was looking into Q QAnon. Isn't that what it, is that? That's what it's called, oh, right? Boy. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. So I was reading about one of their conspiracies on how Donald Trump is secretly uh, exposing pedophile rings. You got one of them Q drops. I, I I don't know. I was just reading up on it. I forgot from what site, and I thought this is the biggest bullshit ever because Donald Trump, like, he's the same guy that made a dick joke on a a big dick joke during a pres uh, during a, a debate. Yeah. That's the oh, type yeah. of person he is. He will brag about Rubio, anything. If my hands are small, there might be something else. I assure exactly. you there's no problem. Exactly. No like, problem. He will find anything to fucking brag about. So if he's, if he's out there exposing pedophile rings and he's not talking about it, that is, yeah. that is completely out of character. How do people believe that? How would people believe that? That's, it's Honestly, like you don't know the guy. I know someone who believes that um, in a lot of ways. Uh, and by a lot of ways, I mean, they say they don't know if QAnon is real, but all of the things that it's uncovered are real. You know what I mean? Like one of those kind of cognitive disconnects. Wait, so he and, believes that, that he's Trump is exposing pedophile rings? Not necessarily that Trump is doing it, but that there are these pedophile rings that Biden and Clinton are a part of these pedophile rings that they have, yeah. they have these pedophile rings in order to harvest adrenochrome. Now that's the key to QAnon is the harvesting of adrenochrome from fear filled children to communicate with the devil to take over the world. Uh, Whoa. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah, huh? <laughs> it's, so they have they have to be scared children like Monsters Inc. Yeah, and what's yeah. the best way to scare a child or to make a feel a child feel vulnerable or uncomfortable is to, you know, tittle them. Yeah, exactly. And what? <laughs> dude, like the Biden drops, you know, or the Hunter Biden drops. I don't know if you looked at those. I did my best to avoid them because. A, I'm not interested, like, in anything Hunter did. Like, I consider it corruption, but it's legal. So what I'd like is to make what he did illegal, you know? Um, okay. All but right. the pictures that they found in the laptop were, you know, him with uh, paraphernalia and in not great looking position. Uh, one of them was with what looked like uh, an escort, probably in China, when he was there. And the QAnon people said, look at the size of this leg. That's a child. Hunter Biden snorts cocaine off of children. Pedophile confirmed QAnon. Like, <laughs> and to be honest, like, I see something like that. And I just don't know how people can believe it. But, you know, if you watch enough TikTok videos, it'll happen, you know? Oh, so that, that's what the whole laptop thing is all about? Oh, yeah. The laptop, that had a bunch of emails and a lot of photos of Hunter Biden uh, when he was in the midst of his uh, addiction. So I, it didn't really reveal anything, uh, from what I understand. Okay. And I'm 95% sure that it was illegally obtained. Like, they said that he was in L.A., but he flew to Delaware and left it at a computer repair shop of a guy who was partially blind, but still knew it was Hunter Biden for sure. And then Hunter Biden completely forgot about that laptop 
And then the guy just happened to open it up and look through it and found all these files and pictures and was it like child porn? No, it wasn't child porn. It was just, you know, him with a like a crack pipe in his mouth or like you know, passed with a joint. Uh, some of the pictures he actually kinda looks like a badass, to be honest. Okay. (laughs) You know, oh man, look at Hunter, you know. He's a rough edge guy. So that's it? Yeah, it it was ultimately nothing. You know, it uh, some of the emails, from what I understand, uh, revealed certain meetings that Hunter Biden had uh, when he flew on. I think it was Air Force Two to China with Biden, but that there was no correlation between anything uh, and Joe Biden, uh, except that potentially there was an email saying that, hey, dad, can you meet this guy? And I think Joe Biden was like, no. You know, because everyone would know about it if there was, you know, an actual dealing, you know, but because there wasn't anything real about it, it's when they present this type of misinformation, they'll talk, they won't talk about the actual details, but they'll talk about all the other stuff that sounds spooky, you know, an email that was left and they opened it up and there's Hunter Biden doing drugs and emails with Chinese ambassadors. And it's like, oh, well, what are the finer details? He worked for a company um, that asked, requested a meeting with, you know, him. And they said, hey, could Joe Biden be there? And he said no. Okay. So, I mean, Wait, so how are you uh, so sure that your information is correct? From what they've released. From Here's the thing, though. Like, there's definitely... When I say that, I mean, like, Giuliani is released. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to... The people who are making the claims... I, I'm open to their information, but okay. from what they provided, it's 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 a whole lot of nothing, you know. Because um, leading up to the election, I've been looking into uh, conservative resources, so I've been paying. I've been looking, watching Fox News videos on YouTube, and I also uh, I've been lurking in the conservative subreddit just to see, you know, just to ex- escape my echo chamber for for the most part, right? Um, there is definite bias against Trump for, uh, from mainstream media. A lot of the stuff that I thought about him turned out not to be true. Right. And examples. Huh? Do you have any examples of that? So for example, right. So, uh, there is this thing about how, you know, it's, it's essentially Trump's handling of, um, coronavirus before it started i'm not sure if we had any cases yet if we if so we only had a very few cases so we had reports of wuhan china about this new disease that's kind of spreading that may potentially come to america um the narrative now is that trump didn't do a good job of handling it when he had the opportunity to there is truth to that however if you really look into it if you go back you'd you would find out that Trump actually proposed a travel ban from China and other Muslim countries for some reason. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, he received a lot of blowback from the public, especially um, Pelosi, saying that that is racist. In fact, you sh- she encouraged people to eat in Chinatown to not yeah. alienate Chinese people, right? Well, there were incidents of racism like uh i don't know if you know about that child that got stabbed in texas because of 
were assumed to be Asian. But my point is, you know, that was the right call by Trump at the time. Yet mainstream media uh, doesn't acknowledge that at all. Doesn't even talk about it. So yeah. you know, that's just one example of things. Right. Uh, and I, I would agree with that. Um, but again, the greater picture to that is what he told us publicly. You know, even sure. though he did make the correct moves as a leader during a national crisis, mm-hmm. he did not leave. You know, but yeah, dude, they the media has screwed him left and right. They uh, they love having him on the screen. You know, they can't stop talking about him. But oh yeah, all those people they hate him. They a lot of people lost their jobs because of they they got it wrong in 2016. You know. No. But that's the thing, though. That's the reason why he became somewhat of a sympathetic figure to the right. It's because they feel like he's being treated unfairly um, from the mainstream media. So, you know, we have to be honest with ourselves and say they took part in creating him. Right. CNN, Uh, MSNBC. If you know, you can even go back to 2016 election. If they didn't um, broadcast him as part of a joke. He may have not picked up as much steam, and he may have not. Uh, he may have not won pre- the presidency at all. It's estimated here he got like a billion dollars worth of free airtime in twenty yeah. for twenty fifteen, twenty sixteen. Yeah, like that. That's who he is. You know, he's a uh, he's quite the enigmatic figure. No, but yeah, he he created distrust among the mainstream media now. So that's just another layer of divide. He just kind of everything he's done it's always sort of sat there and it was always fomented by Fox news. Like it really sucks that there can't be like news organizations that are not even news organizations, but kind of major conservative and liberal quote unquote organizations that don't just tell it like it is because it's all about the pundits and what the pundits have to say. And none of it seems factual. You know, you have, uh tucker carlson on one channel talking about you know fraud but then you'll go to another and you'll listen to rachel maddow and she's talking about russiagate for three years mm-hmm. where the hell did russiagate go like you know yeah. that that was embarrassing you know as someone who felt compelled to vote for hillary clinton despite my better judgment i guess um the, the whole russiagate thing was a total farce you know in the media ate up every last thing just so that, that, so know, that collusion that whole russian collusion thing that's that was all bullshit for the most part i mean obviously russia helped him to win but i don't think it it to the extent that they say that it was like donald trump and the russians shaking hands to make things happen i think it was more like the russians using meetings like that to sow the discord, which makes us have a conversation like this. So they won by getting the Democrats think that there was collusion when really what they were doing was, you know, the memes, setting up meetings, putting, uh, putting people in places to make things seem like there's something more happening, you know, from my understanding, from my understanding, he never took any personal meetings. It's usually through some ancillary staff that may have been scheduled. And I think the majority of the uh, Russian interference is, like you said, uh, social media presence. Because uh, you know what I, I learned recently? Um, what now news on Facebook? It's controlled by a, a Russian group. 
So a Russian group is providing American news to Americans on Facebook. Oh, yeah. RT yeah. America. You know, that's sometimes a good source, uh, Russia Today. Uh, and they hired good American journalists. Uh, but there's always going to be, you know, you always have to know, like, well, uh, whoever's, whoever at the top, it, the editor is always going to have final say on what gets put through, you know? Absolutely, yeah. Always going to be that discretion when looking at sources. But, you know, I'll be honest, like you said, uh, I... I had to leave my echo chamber years ago and I pretty much exclusively kind of live in conservative news outlets and media uh, specifically because I feel like I can get the facts and then I can work backwards from the spin, if that makes sense. I see. Unfortunately, when you know there's a bias, you can just kind of walk backwards with the bias very easily to get to the actual truth. So where do you get uh, your news now? Man, uh, I got to say my favorite place to get news, and it's not, I wouldn't, it's right-leaning, uh, fairly corporate, but I would say The Hill uh, is one okay. of the places. Uh, definitely considered a conservative outlet, and I know it's owned by a conservative. Uh, the Intercept was pretty good, um, but I don't like what's happened with Glenn Greenwald leaving there because he felt like they were trying to, you know, exert editorial control over something he wanted to post. Uh so sometimes I'll, I'll go to Substack because that's where you can get journalists just kind of posting stuff now. Okay. Uh, but yeah, generally going to be kind of the hill. But for fun, I like to go to OAN. Uh, I like to go to Breitbart. The Blaze. Uh, the Blaze. Uh, the <laughs> Nation. Or no, The Nation's okay. Uh-huh. Uh, was it The Washington Examiner? Oh, that's one of the worst ones. Uh, you know, to, and to make lighter... Um, I do like to read, I do read the New York Times every day. That is something because for all of its faults, and they're so obvious, especially when you're reading the articles, Mm -hmm. uh, the bias in the New York Times, but man, do they get the most accurate information, most, uh, just the most information total. So when there's an expose uh, posted in the Times, like, I, it's just so well sourced and you know you can make, you can always draw your own conclusions from the information they provide because it will be I've always found they've always have great information though I don't like their editorial staff whatsoever the decisions they make and how they like to you know word things uh, and the way the Democrats can kind of you know call them up at any time and say hey we don't like the way you worded that mm. uh, I don't like that at all um, for me, at least, uh, whenever I, well, I don't actively search the news for whatever is going on, but if I hear something important from whatever Fox News or CNN, I always reference it with um, either Reuters and the BBC. I know the BBC is conservative, but for the most part, I feel like they're more neutral than anything else. Typically, yeah, that's what I've seen from them. You'll always get straight facts because. From Reuters. Uh, Reuters. Uh, yeah. The Associated Press, that's usually always pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and, and yeah, BBC is a pretty good one. Uh, I will say that, that they usually have the facts. But again, mm-hmm. it's, you can see spin in, of course. Or uh, what is it? Like The Guardian. The Guardian's another decent one, but yeah. obvious, uh, you know, left leaning bias. Um, I was reading this uh, Reddit article recently about Trump possibly creating his own. Um, news uh news 
organization, and he's going to poach Hannity. <laughs> Dude, he could. I mean... And Tucker Carlson. Like, he's pissed... He, he's really upset at Fox News because Fox News, for some reason, was calling states early for the Democrats this, this election cycle. Yeah, they called Arizona early. And, yeah. you know, that, Arizona, they're still counting votes. I, I think it's about 20,000 or so. I think yeah. I checked the um, But he could still win. You know, he could still come ahead with the votes that are left to count. So the fact that Fox jumped in like that, I feel like they they were kind of making a gamble that, like, look, ultimately Trump's going to lose and we have to make a decision now, you know, like what side are we going to be on in the future? Are we going to let Republicanism that we've helped create be owned by this guy? Or can we sort of take that back a little bit? You and think I, so? think, I think that's what they're trying to do. Absolutely. Like, why I, are they? He hates Trump, you know, I, I don't see the point of them hedging their bets this early. He, they could have just called it like anything else, like any other organization. And then once, you know, the writing's on the wall, then say, fuck Trump. You know, we support Romney now, whatever. Oh, yeah. But I, I think, ultimately, I think they want to be a part of, man, it's so hard to say because Fox divisive garbage corporation for so long. Uh, news well, Corp. Oh, they're, they're not news. They're news entertainment. Remember the time they got sued? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, they're not Tucker news. Carlson, Tucker Carlson is not factual at all. Like his lawyers argued that anything you hear on his show is pure entertainment. Uh, it is not nothing you hear on his show could be considered factual. Yeah. An actual argument they made. That's ridiculous. Um, they, they won that case. Yeah. But yeah. if you listen to the way they say things like I, you, it, there was reports that they didn't want to refer to Biden as president elect because they wanted to appease Trump. But now they're doing it like Brett Baer uh, and that one gal. Uh, I saw them in the morning and they were, you know, they were calling Biden president-elect and it seemed like they didn't want to, you know. But at the same time, I don't know. I, I think I think, they'd want, I think they want to save republicanism, uh, the GOP, that, you know, neoconservative thing that was built. But, man, Trump, oh. he owns that party now. <laughs> they have no choice. Well, they are they are. They are trying to distance themselves because Romney's been doing the media rounds lately, um, congratulating Biden, saying that Trump's rhetoric is dangerous for a free voting democracy, provides some proof type of shit. So they are making an effort. Every single time. Huh? Even though Romney voted with Trump every single time. Yeah, I didn't understand that. Like, um... Call me but, (laughs) But you know what? Uh... I was actually open to the idea of voter fraud because, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, because, yeah, don't, ugh, because look, it just didn't make sense to me. I didn't say it didn't make sense. It's completely possible. It's within the realm of possibility, but it just sat with me a little bit weird seeing that how the Republicans took control of everything else except the presidency. Lindsey Graham stayed in office. Mitch McConnell stayed in office. The blue wave didn't come. Trump overperformed. Oh. The Republicans took uh, gains House seats. They reclaimed the Senate. Yet no, no, Trump. They don't have the Senate. They don't. It's no, 48, uh, 48, George, right? Georgia's going to a runoff. I see. They can flip. They can flip two seats, and, and because more people can vote in the runoff, that turn eighteen. Uh, okay, within, I forget how the timing works, but more people are going to be eligible to vote, and yeah. the voter registrations. Pre- like Georgia already looks like 
it's blue. Like it looks like it's going to be solid blue for Biden. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if they get the opportunity to vote again, I think that'll be even stronger, you know? Uh, and dude, they can get the Senate still available. But you didn't find that a little bit weird though. So you, you think it's um, just the Republican voters washing their hands of Trump? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you look in a lot of states where they didn't vote for Trump and they voted for a red senator or a red congressperson, they mm-hmm. still voted like a progressive policies in some places. Like Montana, they voted to legalize recreational marijuana, you know? Oh, that's, yes. We should talk about that. State, you know, like a lot of red places uh, voted for progressive things or uh, progressive uh, policies in certain counties, like, you know, healthcare and public options in certain states. Uh, so, I mean, I really do think in a lot of ways, People were just sick of Trump and Biden. No, he's a he's a conservative Democrat. You know, he, yes. he wants to have a conservative cabinet. And I think people are comfortable like, you know, what are the I think they're making the gambit of what are the odds the Democrats really get to stack the uh, Supreme Court? We've got a six three majority. You know, Biden might say, hey, Clarence Thomas, why don't you retire so I can get in another conservative uh, before I'm gone? Um there's a whole bunch of things that I think conservatives, intelligent conservatives recognize that they have a couple, they have in a lot of ways, back-to-back wins. You know what I mean? Uh, I think Biden, a Biden presidency is a win for conservatism uh, after Trump. You know what I mean? I see that. Yeah, I definitely do see that. Because they push the left right instead of the left further left to combat the right. The real winner of the elections were drugs. New Jersey, uh, marijuana is fully legal now. Oregon decriminated all drugs, right? Uh, yeah. All uh, meth, cocaine, huh? Fully legal, uh, but everything else decriminalized. It's fantastic. Wait, so Oregon, you can do meth there. Now. Meth, cocaine, acid, all that shit? Heroin. Yeah, whatever you want. 2CB, 2CI. I, I didn't expect that. I, I you know, I oh, expected maybe... I expected shrooms, you know, some soft drugs, but straight to the hard drugs, it's crazy. No, it's fantastic. I mean, what does what does drug prohibition achieve? You know? That is true. It, well it, it you fuck all. It kept the prison industrial complex in business. Exactly. And that's a terrible thing. I mean Portugal the man, you know, like they do criminalized everything and their numbers all dropped. Same with Spain. Um I was actually having a conversation with my father the other day and he was talking about like, man, you know, now it's going to turn into like Vancouver, BC, where they have those, you know, like needle dens and stuff. And I'm like, Hey, look at it this way. Instead of having all these people are doing these drugs. Anyway, anyway, anyway. these drugs, isn't it better if they all do it in like one specific area outside of like a clean clinic where they can get, you know, clean needles or, clean spoons or whatever the fuck they need and the resources to like get the help that they need to, you know, maybe get mental health services or get a counselor. Uh, sure. And th- it's just been proven throughout, you know, all the other places that have decriminalized it, that if you put money into education and rehabilitation versus punishment with drug offense, that's how you cure it. Cause Nobody wants to be sitting on the street with a needle in their arm. I've never so, met someone who's like thrilled to be fucking 
filthy. And so life in Portugal has gotten significant. So you're saying life in Portugal has gotten better since they decriminalized all drugs? In regards to now, I can't say everything's better. I don't know what their economy okay. is or their healthcare system, but I'm in saying in regards to drug addiction, uh, violent crime related to drug offenses, I see, uh, and recovery, those numbers have all gotten way better. You okay. know what I mean? So yeah, I was really surprised that Jersey legalized marijuana before New York, and I figure it, it, huh? Crazy. It's it's gonna it's gonna. New York has to do something now because what's going to happen is a lot of people are going to drive over the bridge to Jersey, buy some weed, and come back. Right? So all that New York money is going to go to Jersey. That's lost revenue. That is lost revenue. I think Schumer wanted – Schumer was talking about um, legalizing it recreationally here. But I don't know what's what's taking him so long because New York is broke right now from what I hear. Like there's a massive deficit. And that deficit can be filled in nicely with some pot money. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's why red states are legalizing it recreationally. You know, uh, when I saw Montana did it, I was like, there they go. They're yes, smart. Montana, out of all places. Yeah, it's like, fuck it. I got my ranch. I got my gun. I want to smoke some weed and tell the government to go fuck themselves. It's great. <laughs> yeah. And, I, you know, I, I think that I, once it's federally legal, which I think Biden, he's against it. You know, he's totally against it. But I think at this point now, especially with red states turning, I think there'll be enough support from both sides, you know, Senate and House, to like just have like a super majority to legalize it and push Biden's hand, you know. Well, I think Biden's one of those guys that if enough people are, are into it, he can say he can he can he can spin it that he doesn't agree with it, but this is the mandate of the people; he'll sign it anyway. Yeah. I feel like that's a good way to save face. Oh, 100 percent, 100 percent, and that's. That's what Biden does. I mean, I don't know that Biden has any type of guiding ethos or, you know, I don't think that he has positions that he's firm on in any regard or that he'll fight for anything that he believes in, to be honest. But well, there, I think that he's a politician and uh, he'll do it. Uh, he, he'll do what he's told. Well, there's a uh, news about him planning on um, signing a bunch of executive orders on day one. Oh, I yeah. think I think he's trying to win the young vote again because, from what I uh, read, that he's really he really wants to forgive student loans. That's one of his top priorities for some reason, and I don't understand why. Like it's great, it's great for everyone involved, mm-hmm. but out of you know besides coronavirus, of course, I like, I don't know why that's considered a priority. But hey. I guess he just wants those young voters. Yeah, I mean, if that's if he's actually going to do that, I mean, I personally don't have any currently, but I know that that would release uh, a lot of burden on the uh, economy for our generation and allow people to, you know, actually be able to purchase houses or move or, you know, have the kids that they never thought they could. Like, I know a lot of people who are just choosing not to do certain things that because of student loans. Absolutely. That's like, I know people that are intelligent, hardworking people, and they're going to be paying those off forever. You know, it's that, that gap, that hold on them. You know, um, social workers, right? In New York state, I can't speak for other states in order to practice uh, social work here. You need a master's minimum, right? Onward. And you're, you're looking at 80, 90, hundred grand, uh, worth of student loans, depending on the school you go to. 
And then social workers here are criminally underpaid. Criminally underpaid. Oh, yeah. Right? So, um, in order to become a social worker in New York State, you just have to accept the fact that you're going to have student loans forever. And it's horrible because I feel like social work is... It's very, it's a very noble occupation, right? Oh yeah, and you know, ultimately, it's just a matter of people needing to value uh, certain jobs a little more more than we have. Uh, and I think for the most part, again, younger generations seem to get that. I think that we want to, you know, as a society, invest in mental health uh, for the community because you know, a lot of time, <clears throat> most of the homeless we're seeing on the streets. Even though there is some drug addiction, a lot of it's mental illness, you know, and if we could deploy platoons of social workers to all these, you know, crazy liberal hotbeds of, you know, homelessness, I think we would ha- see a lot of uh, positive effects, you know, but Speak again, if, I'm sorry. if you're paying 100 grand to make 30 grand a year, that's, that's, that's a hard decision to make in this society. So speaking on social workers being deployed on the field, um, that kind of relates to the idea of defunding the police. What are your thoughts on that? Me personally, I think it's silly. Um, you need you need some type of police force. I understand there are some um, underlying themes of, you know, they don't protect you, they protect the people that's paying them, blah, blah, blah. But there are times where there's going to be a maniac wielding a knife running down the street, and a social worker won't do shit about that unless they know what? Karate. Well, it's funny because I know a lot of people uh, that work in mental health who would say that they could handle that situation better than a cop, too. Absolutely not. Dude, my mom worked for for 30 years, and she's talked about being attacked multiple times, and they can handle it without shooting them to death, you know? Sure, definitely. Obviously, there's going to be situations that require um, additional support, but just, like, for example... uh, Gosh, I forget his first name, but that Wallace. Wallace? The guy, the guy who died in uh, Philly. You don't know about that guy? He was running around with a knife. Like, he was having a mental episode. Was he, he autistic? Was, like, with a knife. I'm not sure if he was autistic. I just know that he was having an episode, and the Philly okay. cops shot him, like, seven times a piece, you know, 14 times. And everyone was like, if a social were, you know, instead of having two cops there and 14 rounds, Maybe you have a cop and a social worker there and social worker tries. And then if that fails, you know, you got, you know, a police officer who can find another way other than shooting them to death uh, Mm -hmm. of subduing them. But the fact that two officers respond to a mental health episode with firearms rather than, uh, you know, a social worker, that's hard to see because yet defunding the police is just the worst messaging. that could have been possible, you know, uh, it's just the worst messaging because, you know, the police, I do think that money needs to be reallocated, but it's still going to be within law enforcement, you know, because you're spending that money instead of directly on the police department, maybe adding something that works in tandem with the police department. And, you know, the acquisition of, you know, weapons of war that the police departments have invested in, uh, maybe turn that into, I don't know, more social workers, like we said, uh, or community outreach programs, that's going to have a much more positive effect. And I can only direct that to other Western societies that do not have the problems with 
police violence. Now, I'm not just talking about gun violence and murders, but just police violence in general, you know? Yeah. Um, do you know who Jocko Willink is? <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, so Jocko Willink advocates actually not defunding the police, but providing um, more funds for programs like you stated, more training, more ancillary staff, you know, mental health um, support, shit like that, for the police officers themselves. Oh, yeah. Because I feel like that's, again, speaking of the divide, like this idea of defunding the police gets lost on, on people because, you know, older folks, they would not like that. You know, they're older, they're weaker, slower, not in shape. They're, they're not able to defend themselves. So the idea of taking away the only, their only line of defense against criminals is terrifying to them. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, again, the, who, the people who began saying defund the police are the people who have been, you know, directly negatively impacted time and time again by the police as it's currently set up. So I think the the police was a rallying cry that was uh, hastily called for. Um, And I do think police need to be well compensated. I think they need the finest mental health available. Uh, I also think that they need the training and the standards that my friends who served in other countries have uh, when they were interacting uh, with people in other nations, they were held to way higher standards than our police are with our, our, our own people. Um, but I also think, again, the money that's there, you know, I didn't even know this, but, you know, the tear gas that most precincts have been using on protesters is actually illegal. Like, in war. Yeah, in war. And it's like, wait, but it's okay to use it on us. Like, that's um, like I, I read, I read, I read about that, and it has to do with, I guess, the intention of it, the spirit of it is weird. It's different in a civilian setting. But, but the yeah, effect of what it does to us. I know, I know. It's 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 shameful that you can't use it on Taliban, but you can use it on your own citizens. Yeah, and uh, obviously, there's instances where there needs to be dispersal used uh but again the the type of equipment that officers have nowadays the type of you know power that certain unions have again i for the most part i'm a pro-union guy but at the same time like there are certain unions where you just kind of realize they're as big as the institutions of our country you know or the institutions that are states it's like you're talking about the pba yeah the pba or heck you know let's I think they're good, but like the IWIW, like the International Industrial Workers Union, like that's power. IWIW. Or maybe it's not IW, maybe it's IIW International. Regardless, I don't know what that is. But it's the Union of Industrial Workers, but it's an international union. So it's been around for a long time and it has the power, the financial power and the vocal power of, you know, industrial workers all over the world. Um, oh definitely yeah yeah and that's but like like the police union like they they never endorsed anyone before and now they're endorsing trump and it's like trump has advocated for breaking laws consistently you know like that that's a very odd thing to say um but they're saying it in retaliation because they're at war with the people they're supposed to protect you know it's, it's a very odd thing well, an anarchist will tell you they're not there to protect the people. They're pr- there to protect the rich folk who own the property. And they would be right. They I would mean, be right, yeah. They're not wrong. Uh, 
that being said, that's the society we live in. And there's no, uh, I always say this with anarchists is like, there's just no evidence that absolute anarchy is going to result in the uh, collectivist union. You think it will be, you know, uh, occupy New York and or occupy wall street and occupy Portland. were pretty cool, but you know, there's only so much you can grow in that three feet patch of dirt. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about anarchists and these young folks because I don't want to, I don't want to dampen their um, revolutionary spirit. But I feel like a lot of it is based on idealism, and it, it's not pragmatic at all. I feel like you're an an, any anarchist above 25. Just what the fuck are you doing in your life? <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think there comes a certain point where you do have to make a change that. There is a period of your life where if you're not rebelling against the status quo, then what the hell are you doing? You know, you should be trying to change the world for the better, I believe. Yeah. Uh, make better what you were given because what you were given was not perfect. So yeah. I think rebellion is a natural thing, you know, for us. Uh, but yeah, it comes to a point where, you know, you see guys in their 30s who are asking for anarchy and it's like, all right, dude, you know, get another nose ring, maybe a tattoo, settle down, buddy, you know. Uh, isn't that isn't that a saying though? If if you're a Repu- if you're not a Republican when you're young, you're cruel. But if you're not a no, if you if you are a what's the saying? Like pretty much you can be a Democrat in your 20s, but then you're stupid if you're not if you're not a Republican by your 30s. Some shit like that. Yeah, you know, a young Democrat, so you have a heart, an old uh, conservative, so you have a mind or something like that. Well, uh, I understand why Democrats t- tend to be younger. It's because they don't own any assets. They don't own property. They don't – they haven't really worked. They haven't been alive long enough to actually accumulate something that they've worked for. So it's easy for them to share because they don't have anything. What do you tell someone who's 45 who – saved for their house, you know, worked hard and did all this shit, and now they're supposed to share it with someone who didn't put in as much effort as them? Well, I get it. You know, I, I got a good answer to that, I think. It's why didn't you make this society better? Why didn't you, in your time before me, create more opportunities? Why didn't you vote for people that gave us the chance? You know, if you look at things, all the voting that's been done over the past 40 years has to has been to keep the money within a certain generation. You know, it, that's just a fact. And okay, I, the way I, I look at that. it, it's just like, hey, if you think this is such a great society, why couldn't you show us that? Like, that people think that, oh, well, you have your iPhone and you've got your Facebook, and I'm like, that wasn't you guys. You know, those that. Te- these new forms of technology now the manufacturing part and the ability to mass produce and the ability to market and get products from other yeah obviously that came yeah. before us but the actual tools that we're using now that everyone is using that did not come from them you know and yeah. it, it really is just a matter of you could have made this better so all you all the parents who are making fun of millennials, for example, for having participation trophies or, you know, when we grew up, there were participation trophies for shit. Like, like, yeah, they gave out shit like that all the time. I don't agree with that though. I don't like, I don't like participation trophies. I don't like it either. I think it's a joke. Uh, I've been upset with participation trophies because it's like, you know, 
you can maybe get a certificate or your receipt to sign up for the program. That's your that's your participation trophy. Life is about winning and losing. At the end of the day, it's just, it's it's a survival game. You know, don't I think say otherwise. In life, but you, you need that. You need to have competition. You have to know how to win. You know, and but the people who gave those participation trophies out, like we didn't give them to ourselves. You know, <laughs> we didn't we didn't come up with these ideas. You know. They write about, you know, kids and stuff who were needing safe spaces. And it's like, well, no, that's because the parents are all super protective of their children and they don't want them to scrape their knee. And, you know, you guys all heard about Son of Sam in the 70s. So you didn't want your kids to go out anymore. You know, like it's. I don't know, that's a very that. good point, actually. Yeah. Yeah. These kids were not introduced to certain stimuli, so they didn't build up a natural resistance towards it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I I, I completely get that. Um, whatever happened to sticks and stones, right? Words shouldn't be able to hurt you. And I feel oh. like that's yeah. A lot of these kids nowadays they haven't built a. I guess maybe it's a lack of self-esteem, lack of character. I don't want to. I don't wanna say character. Character is not the right word, but. I don't know how to I don't know how to explain it, but I, I do see where you're coming from. There's there's I hate the fact that um young people are attributed to Democrats and Democrats are attributed to those you know whiny um sensitive crying uh people. Oh, yeah. 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 No place snowflakes there we go that's that's the right word i hate that shit because i you know yes i do lean democratic i lean democrat but i do not see myself as a snowflake whatsoever yeah i mean i i think definitely that at my age now uh i am a more sensitive person than i used to be i'm more able to communicate and i do have a softer touch when it comes to certain things Mm-hmm. But if you don't have that, that edge, that fire, that, you know, that extra thing, uh, you know, I just feel like there's something lost there. And, you know, I feel like, you know, just look at, look at Biden though. Look at I Biden, feel- not soft at all. Whatever you want to say about him. He would honestly, if he could, I think he'd clock Trump in the face. Well, Definitely. Because- yeah. You know, like Trump might joke about fighting someone. I think Biden would fight him, you know, like no joke. Well, tr- uh, Biden had to go through a lot of adversity in his life and he's still That's- here. Like, if you think about it, he has one of the worst things a politician can have. And that's a stutter. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, because politics is about R rating. If you can't, if you have that stutter, like a lot of your, you lose that glow, you know, imagine Obama with a stutter. It's just, yeah. it just doesn't work. All right. And for everything I've read is apparently he's one of the more regular people in Washington. That's why he's so buddy buddy with both sides, because he didn't come from an elite school. Uh, his family didn't have a ton of money growing up. You know, obviously he's done well for himself and his children have done fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but he's had genuine adversity. Uh, but even to this day, when people are in a room together, apparently they don't really give him the kind of, you know, credit that he deserves as a he's a deft politician, but they would never call him as uh, a great leader or great mind. You know what I mean? The thing is, like, he went up to Bernie and gave him a hug or he talks about like, oh, me and Mitch, you know, we'll we'll figure it out. You know, like he's um, 
the guy's guy, you know, in a way. You From, know? Like there was an ex Obama ad- administrator official saying that, um, like he has dog shit politics. His politics are no good whatsoever. But he's one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet in your life. Like he's the type of guy that you'll call in the middle of the night if your car broke down. He's one of those guys. And I think I think that's pretty cool. Like he's one of those I'm guys. I believe in that, but if not, he says so. <laughs> that's what he, that's what the guy said. Like he's he's well liked. Yeah. I don't I don't know if it's because you know he's entrenched in there, but I guess well, that means something. Character uh, matters. It does. That they literally use the weakness of Bernie being unable to go on full attack against Biden because he liked Biden. You know, he was able to go full throw against Hillary. He was like, I'm going to come at you left and right. And the Bernie's campaign, his campaign aides were like, you need to go after Biden. Like this guy's lying nonstop. He's throwing crap in your face. He's saying all this stuff about being a socialist. Like you have to go at him. And Bernie's like, listen, Joe, uh, I consider him, uh, he's a friend of mine, and he is a friend. I consider him a friend, yeah. you know? Yeah. He always does that. And he is a, a, and I do consider him a friend. I do consider him a friend. I hated that shit. I'm like, if he didn't say that, I bet he would have been, pre- you know, president now. But that's Biden's gift. He was able to, you know, all the tension at that debate uh, when they were saying, Bernie, you know, no, Hillary said nobody likes you. And Biden went over and gave him a hug, you know? Even me, who I'm like, fuck Biden. I'm like, God damn it, I can't I can't hate that. I can't hate that, you know? Remember, remember when Kamala alluded to some really fucked up things during that debate? And then when she was when she was questioned about it later, she's like, Oh, it was a debate. Obviously. So what are you telling me? Are you telling me that you, you're lying now? You lied at the debate? Like what is that? Didn't she allude like she he, he was like a uh uh about his sexual um harassment? Should yeah right yeah like, yeah the parrot read stuff that come out you know and he is obviously he has made women uncomfortable time sure time. but my and point is like why did we skate over that why aren't we talking about that with kamala oh someone did ask kamala she said oh, it was a debate you know as if yeah. that doesn't make it less true so why if this is something horrible about him why did you choose to be his vp i don't like kamala at all i don't trust her no, she, Officer Harris is a, she's just a miserable representative uh, for our country, I think. That being said, I will let people enjoy all the symbolism that they require. Uh, you know, I'm not going to, women right now are pretty happy that, you know, in a lot of ways they believe the glass ceiling has been shattered because, dude, Biden could retire in a year and we'll have a first woman president. Possibly, you, yes. You know? Uh, her family, uh, is of mixed origin. I know one, uh, was her father? Her mom's Indian, I think. Her mom's Indian and her yeah. dad is, uh, he was from Jamaica originally, I think, or that's where his family was from. If I'm right. Is okay. that right? I don't know. I, I don't know. All uh, I know is that I don't like her at all. I feel like she's fake as fuck. Oh, she's so- um, there's she's- way better female candidates. Uh, Tulsi Gabbard was cool. I was okay with Elizabeth Warren. Mm-hmm. You know, because I felt like as much of a sh- as much as unlikable Elizabeth Warren is, I believe that she really wants to help people. Yeah, I get that vibe from her. Yeah, I, I definitely got that. I would have been there was a point a year ago where I would have been happy to get behind her. But man, her 
political acumen is such dog shit. The way like she flip flopped on certain issues, the way she attacked Bernie Sanders, who was the only she was a progress, you know, she was calling herself a progressive who wanted all the same things as Bernie. She just believed that her plans were better. And then she attacked Bernie for all of those same things. It's like, that's the one person who's like, <laughs> it's you two versus 14, you know, middling other characters the, the, to attack him, to, you know, release that shit to CNN, that like nonsense that, oh, women can't be, pre- or a woman couldn't be president. And then to attack him with that on stage with that super queued up stuff like oh that was just political Blech. just nasty but they're yeah. still friends afterwards right oh yeah of course because it's politics baby why <laughs> doesn't why doesn't bernie like take offense to, like come on man that was just that was low warren oh to be honest like they're friendly after that but they're not what they were before apparently mm-hmm. he straight up told biden before he conceded he was like or he was like, you can't give Warren any major position or like something. He was like, that can't, I can't be a part of that because okay. she really did like, uh, that wasn't a good look, you know, especially if you do consider someone a friend, that's yeah. not a good look. Uh, but, friend, you know, same party, same ideals. You know, you didn't have to go that way. No, you didn't have to. Women candidates uh, are potential um, coming up and, Really, I don't care who ever comes up next. I just hope it's someone good, you know, someone who can speak well and has a vision. And how do you feel about Mayor Pete? He's been doing the rounds too. Oh, uh, he can get rid of him, you know. And I, I do why not. don't you like him? What is he for? Um, I don't know, but he seems pretty cool. He's young, gay, small yeah. town, educated, war vet. He's perfect in every single way. Yeah, he's perfect. a. Young gay guy who was a, an intelligence officer, so he went overseas and played on a computer for a while, and he always refers to his war record. Not that I have anything against what he did, I'm just okay. saying, the way they present him, he's like the perfect, like, democratic uh, candidate of the future, you know? Exactly. Like, he seems so perfect to me. I, that's what bothers me about him. He's spotless. Yeah. I don't... When you look at his record, it's like, he did fuck all and bend, you know? The... When they asked him about his interactions with uh, the black community and the police forces interactions with the black community, he literally had no answers. And, you know, South Bend, from everything I saw, they didn't get better under him. You know, uh, he's he's a great politician. Don't get me wrong. He, he's quick. He's intelligent. Uh, he he can give a line. I'll say that he has some great lines that he, when he goes on TV, he says mm-hmm. some great stuff, you know, and they. When they attack the left, he's ready to throw back in their face all okay. of the crimes of the right. But that said, like, I don't like people who lie. I don't like people. He's another Kamala Harris. You know what I mean? Like okay. that. Type of, you know, they'll do what they need to do. You know, if he really believed in himself, he wouldn't have dropped out as soon as Biden said, hey, we need to consolidate votes. Everyone's getting behind me. You know what I mean? Or when Obama called him. Sorry. Okay. So how do you feel about... Um, Yang, because I feel like since the coronavirus pandemic, people are more open to the idea of a UBI, especially since the the Senate, they're not willing or they're unable to pass stimulus. Yeah, I feel like it's a viable option now. Do you think he has a I don't want to say I don't think I don't think he's going to make it to 2024. He's not going to be that popular, but I think I feel like he'll have a bigger presence 
or he'll yeah. definitely influence the next the the next person. Yeah, uh, from everything I've heard is apparently he's going to run for some type of office again. Uh, I heard mayor of New York uh, from a lot of pundits, which was interesting. Oh, uh, I really I, liked Yang. Yeah, I, really I like- want Yang to be the new middle. You know what I mean? Uh, I think that he he's not very far left because um, I don't think he would fully fight for certain things that I'm for, like universal health care. But he's pragmatic in his approach. He's very fact-based. He's willing to talk with everyone. You know, he's willing to have a genuine conversation with people on both sides and be very straightforward about what's actually happening. And he, See, is, he, he knows what's happening. Like, he's not, he's not unaware, you know? I like how he doesn't play the politics game. He doesn't really talk about the for, his foreign policies, all this other shit. UBI, we need to change these. Like, we need to save these jobs, and that's all he talked about. And I, I appreciated that because ultimately, you know, I understand foreign policy matters. You know, as a nation, we should worry about our relationships with the world, but it doesn't really affect us on a day-to-day basis. You know, maybe that's me being selfish. I don't really put too much thought into it, or that's not a deciding factor to me when I do decide to vote. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, it's, uh, I, I can understand that, and that's something that he lacks in certain areas. But the fact that he's he had his one issue, he believes that it was it is something that could be massively helpful to our society, and he's. He also rose the awareness of what technology is really currently doing and what it is going to do. Because things are still going to change over the next 10 years. Uh, Service jobs, who knows what's going to happen with them, you know? Definitely. Are there going to be a fleet of robo-trucks that completely wipe out the uh, trucking workforce? I don't know that that's true. But he tells me that all the people who are making billions of dollars making these decisions, that they say it's true. So... Oh, it's bound to happen. You know? Well, like you said, I feel like he would be an effective leader because I guess this is the same reason why I think Biden will be okay, too, because I think Biden's aware that he he ain't shit. Like, he knows that he's bad at making decisions. But I feel like he's willing, he's the type of person that's willing to defer to more knowledgeable people if needed. And that's something that I did not get from Trump. No, not at all. Like, by no. by him appointing Jared Kushner as literally everything, <laughs> literally everything, shows me that he has no idea what he's doing in terms of delegate, delegating responsibilities. Kushner is... I'm not even going to get into Kushner, because that he guy creeps, is... He creeps me out. He, he's weird, dude. I don't know what he has in his closet, but it is not kosher. Um, I... I think he's being sued because his property in, in Times Square, um, he defaulted on a couple of their loans. Some shit like that. Yeah. Well, he's going to save the Middle East and he's going to save America. And he, he, was supposed, he was supposed to handle COVID, um, save the Middle East, balance the budget. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what else? Uh, clean the water in Flint. Literally every problem yeah. <laughs> America has, he'll single-handedly solve it. Yeah, instead he's getting uh, great peace deals such as between Sudan and Israel, who, you know, who knew that they were having some type of major conflict, but apparently there's, he's signing these major accords. Uh, it, 
you know, it's, it's really hard to think about what's going to happen or where that is, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, what are your predictions for the next four years? Like, what do you think is going to happen? Like, we're already at the hour and a half mark. Let's, let's, uh, let's wrap things up. Like, yeah, let's, let's see. Next four years, three more seats on the Supreme Court, public option, $12 minimum wage increase rather than 15 Why 12 Because he, he's going to cave, you know? Okay. That's going to be the compromise. Uh, instead of $15 within 10 years, it'll be like $12 in 15 years or something like that. Or maybe, you know, maybe they'll prove me wrong. Uh, let's see, coronavirus task force. I think that they may do some executive action in regards to, uh, like mandatory masks, like for certain areas. So if like, you know, if you're area, if you live in an area that has like a such and such percent infection rate, then the masks are mandatory and that would be actually federally mandated, mm-hmm. uh, rather than the shit show that we have right now where every state does whatever the hell they want. Yeah. And, you know, there'll probably be more riots and more right-wing violence. You think uh, so? Oh, yeah. I definitely think so. Um, I don't think any of that's going away anytime soon. Uh, If Biden had won in a landslide, I would say maybe that stuff would start to subside because that would let me know that we're all a lot closer than I thought. Mm -hmm. But I do think that Trump is a truly divisive figure. And the fact that people, you know, half, all, pretty much, what, 49% will have ended up saying that's who we wanted, or 50.5%, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, it, I'm optimistic, but I'm also realistic with understanding just things will get better, but it's going to be ugly the whole way, you know? Okay. I think... Joe's not going to make it all four years. Like you said, he's going to retire or whatever. Kamala's going to take a step in. Um, I think they're going to try to prop her up as the next uh, the next in line. So cool. they're going to push a bunch of policy pandering to youth, to the youth. So definitely they're going to push for some type of decriminalization of marijuana. At this point, the writing's on the wall. It's going to happen. Oh, yeah. Especially considering... Um, you know, the economy is hit hard by Corona. This is a good way for states to, you know, uh, refill their pockets. And then, you know, young people like to smoke weed. And if it was their admin that made it federally legal, it's a good mark on them. They're definitely going to do something about these student loans. Because I feel like that's what's going to push them over to the top. Because Republicans have student loans, too. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that could be a big one. That really could be a big one. Right. That that's that's just buying people off. Right? I I figure that's big because you know, again, I'm not an expert on these things, but I feel like you don't need as much military spending now, considering the entire world's locked down. No one's mobilizing a giant military anytime soon. We hope. I hope not. I, mean, um, I, I thought there'd be like a terrorist attack or something before uh, Trump uh, before the election, but the sure. Weather- but it's not going to be large-scale war, so you don't need a massive military. So that's going to help. I feel like the progressive, the Bernie group, they're going to gain more ground. Um, people will realize that well, COVID's still a relatively unknown disease. We don't know the long-term effects. And then I think as time goes by and 
we learn more about it, we're going to learn that it's going to have really devastating underlying effects that will affect you throughout your entire life. And that if, if what do you call it, if that's considered a pre-existing condition, your insurance will not be able to cover you, that will push people over to um, universal health care. Yeah, health care needs to change. You know, I I honestly think if Bernie was the candidate, he would have walked it. Like, because if you look at most of the states that where it was close, those people want health care. And with the COVID, with this crisis, it, I think it's clearer more than ever that we need something to help everyone. You know? And, yeah. And that's the silver lining of COVID right there. It is. Right? It's horrible, but it is the silver lining. You're right. It is the silver lining. And like in... In a broken society that becomes normalized, people accept things as they are. You need something extraordinary to really throw a wrench in the system to realize, you know what, this doesn't work. So definitely, I don't know if it's going to happen within the next four years, but I think people will be more open to the idea of UBI and uh, well, UBI decriminalization of certain drugs and universal health care. Yeah, I mean, dude, Canadians are getting two grand a month each uh, this whole time, and from everything I've heard, their country is not going into economic ruin. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. simple as that. So definitely, there's going to be some splintering off the Democrats and the Republicans. I would hope third party um, third parties become more uh, viable. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I really don't know what to expect because you know, truth be told. I don't know too much about Biden. I just know he wasn't Trump. Yeah, he's uh, not a great guy, though. I know, that. I know. He's Again, it, it comes down to, like the 2016 election, Trump was a lesser evil. I think Biden's a lesser evil in this case. Oh, 100%. speaking of which, you know what really drove home the vote for me? Like, I understand, you know, Obama started the whole caging um, children mm-hmm. on the border type of thing. I feel like Trump had an well, opportunity. Started. He he built the cages, but they didn't have a family separation policy. That oh. that was new. That was new. So that was Trump. Yeah, Trump. That was the family separation. That was fully from Stephen Miller, uh, who was Trump's. I don't know. He's still with the campaign. That guy's a fucking lunatic. Oh, he's a ghoul. Uh, yeah, Trump definitely did that. But I know that they have been going backwards on that. Uh, oh. I know that they have gone backwards. Okay, um, so that's that's what pretty much decided it for me. The fact that you have children being separated from their families, and I and the forced hysterectomies. Oh, that was horrifying, right? I feel like that's extremely inhuman. That is, those are war crimes in my eyes. Like, you are ruining a woman's possibility to have children. That is, a woman seeking asylum. It's not illegal to seek asylum. <laughs> you know, that's it's you know, outrageous. It's like, just if that's the case don't force hysterectomies just revoke birthright citizenships from illegal immigrants for non-documented maybe that's a workaround if you're so concerned about taking care of the child but to me i find that absolutely disgusting and as it's it's horrifying as a christian voter being aware of that and still voting for the person that's allowing it i believe that's one of the most hypocritical things it the um my sister or one of my sisters uh, voted for Trump and we had a conversation about everything that was going on at the border, you know, 
And, you know, that made me more aware of that things were getting reversed in regards to some of these policies. Okay. But it made her aware of the horrors that truly were occurring. And to be, you know, against abortion, but for a forced hysterectomy is insane. And I know no one is for forced hysterectomies, but you were okay with creating the conditions where that could occur, you know? Yes. And yes. The Trump administration is no oversight it is creating the conditions where what i consider to be evil to uh come out i i agree with you it's evil it is atrocious that's some nazi shit 100 percent, 100 percent. yeah but that's the american way as well that's we're, we're some this is an interesting country with an interesting history it's and, Oh, okay. Well, it was a great talk. Glad to have you on the pod. Absolutely. Always a pleasure. Yeah. Hold on. Let me...